0: This is part three of three of this episode of Missionary Minds, continuing on our interview with Brother Seth Myers on the definition of missions. And if someone is thinking on whether they are built for this, they're considering going, but they're wondering whether they're actually built for it in a sense. Uh, how do they get started with that if they already have these life commitments that are. Um, keeping them geographically where they're at, say a job, um, or they, they can't be sent yet by a church, but they, they want to just get a feeler for it. What does that sort of person do?
1: I like the way you said it when you said built, what are these people built for? Some time ago, I tried to stop saying to young people, what do you want to do with your life or what do you want to do in college or what do you want to study? And I've changed that more to what does God want you to do or what did God make you to do? So I've I've been asking young people that question, because uh, first of all, young people have um, a, a vast swing in their desires, and these days in the age of super wealth, uh, most young people would like to play a professional sport or do some fun kind of thing, not necessarily what the Puritans called a lawful calling. Uh, what what seventeen years going to say? Basically, I would like to be a plumber, and if I could just. If I could just you know, make enough money to support you know, my kids and my church, that'd be good. You know, if I could just come home and have a good wife. But so so I, I think the way you ask the question is right. What did God build you for? And that's the way to ask yourself. The proper study of mankind is man. So look carefully at yourself and see what did God make me for. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12 says there's ears and there's eyes and there's different parts of the body. So find out which one you are.
0: Yeah, but how do you find out if you are built for the mission field?
1: <clears throat> well, um, this deserves a very long response, but I can at least make a list. Um, are you sold out to the Lord? Are you, are you completely and entirely dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ? Is he your life? Do, do you have no other hope than to see him come back? If you're not entirely devoted to the Lord, you just waste your time damage your marriage and waste a lot of people's money so don't waste everything are you devoted to the lord secondly are you are you seeing some level of spiritual fruit in your life especially with leading sinners to christ um so fruit and these that was from spurgeon in his lectures to my students uh are you devoted to the lord are you seeing fruit are you teachable do you learn easily or is change difficult for you because being a missionary is the life of of flexibility they said the Marines' motto is Semper Fidelis, always faithful in Latin. And that the missionaries' motto is Semper Gumby, always flexible. And if you don't know Gumby, he was an old, one of the first, maybe the first claymation show where they model someone in clay, and so he's just this clay, clay cartoon figure. So you got Semper Gumby, you've got to be always flexible. If you can't be flexible, you're going to struggle in the mission field when, like today, I did the very spiritual task of trying to get my kids' visas renewed. And it's frustrating and boring, and, and it's a shock to me that it was just thrown on me. That And there's a lot of things like that. You have to be flexible constantly.
0: Okay. And then uh, to wrap it up, could you comment a bit? Maybe this is opening a whole other conversation, but I'm thinking if someone... Uh, maybe doesn't think about going as a missionary, but possibly going as a church strengthener. Uh, We had a small conversation about this the other day over basketball. And uh, is there a category for that where they're saying, hey, I'm going to cross this barrier, which is a language barrier. I'll cross a culture barrier and cross all those barriers but I'm essentially just going to that place to work. Uh, we have the privilege of working remotely nowadays. Uh, does that, uh, is that a viable category? Can the church benefit from people like that? Or, um, yeah, please comment.
1: Is there a clear line between what you're doing and the church being planted? If there's a, the clearer the line is, the more defensible your position is. As a missionary... You might be a very profitable church member or a Christian, or maybe you are living in Germany or whatever. I'm just picking an idea. Maybe you're an American who moved to Germany and you're working with a team of church planters and you've got a business and you just like German and you kind of had German roots and you like these people and you want to be with them and you've known them for years. So you're going to their church and you're an encouragement to them. I don't know that you're really a missionary, but you seem to be a good godly Christian helping. There's many ways to help, um, but, but the, the tighter the line is between your, what you are doing and churches being planted, the more you deserve the title missionary or evangelist or what Paul is doing, Pauline kind of work. And I think there's a place for this. I think there's a place for HELPS ministries in Papua New Guinea that I referenced. They had to have people who operated the planes, and then you have to people repair the planes since there are no roads. How are the missionaries going to get their food and their books and their Bibles and their printing presses if they don't have a plane to get them in there? And then they have a doctor in, the, in Garoka, and then the doctor in Garoka treats all the patients because you can't have a doctor at every place. But the missionaries, if they're going to leave, isn't there a doctor who'd be willing to watch over them and help them? So I think those things can be def- def- defended. But the more developed your society is, the less those are defensible. So, the more developed your society is, then you have doctors, then you have roads, then you have modern conveniences, then you have modern technology. If you have a problem with your plumbing, you can go get the unconverted plumber to solve it for you. If you have a problem with your car, then you can get the unconverted mechanic to settle it for you. So, you might not need a, quote, mission mechanic to do the, quote, helps role of being a missionary. Um, So, the more the more primitive the context, then the more you can defend helps ministries. And then other helps ministries like Bible translation or schools or orphanages or Bible colleges. You just, every time you and all of the men involved in this are going to have to ask yourself, is there a direct connection between what I'm doing and the church being planted? And you might be able to ask it backward. You might be able to say, Take me out, would the church suffer? If you take you out of the scenario and the church wouldn't suffer, then you might be a nice guy. You might be a good Christian. You might be a friend. You might be growing in the Lord, but you're not doing what Paul did. What what Paul did was important, and it needs to have its own grouping, or otherwise, by dilution, we will find ourselves without missionaries.
0: Mm. And so, if we're thinking about this person who is coming as a help and not not even concerned about being called a missionary would you find value for an individual like that like let's say at uh valdesia at valdesia rock baptist church right uh and i i look forward to um developing that story one day for the for the audience that's a a wonderful story there uh for someone who hears you speaking and says there are only two Americans who have stayed, and they say, "Hmm, I want to go and stay there. My job allows me the flexibility. I want to attend that church, be an encouragement to the saints during the work. I'll uh, during the week, I'll do my regular work, but uh, I'll be part of that body and trying to disciple and um, attending the services and encouraging the saints and learning the language. Is there value to you of an individual like that?"
1: Um it seems uh it seems impossible so tell me how it's possible and i'll uh, maybe i can't change my opinion but the language the language barrier makes it impossible unless whoever is going to come here or or to whatever setting it is if if someone is saying i'm going to move overseas i'm going to learn the language and still be involved oh oh, that'd be great um that'd that'd be great but i i don't see that that um we had a friend visit us. We've not had many people visit us in 19 years. Maybe we're not sociable. I mean, we're not hospitable. <laughs> I disagree. Um, but a friend visited us, a dear friend, a good brother, a pastor in the US, and said um, offhandedly, and I don't disagree with this, by the way. I'm not aggrieved or bothered. He said, this, there is a valid way in which he said this. And he said um, offhandedly, wow, it's not that difficult here. It's you not know, similar to what. What I'm doing at home, and you can do that because there's always there's always a connection. John Frame makes this point over and over in his Lordship series. He says there's a connection between any two created things. You at least are creatures. You can make a connection between you and Hitler, Adolf Hitler. You're a man. He's a man. There's always similarities uh, in any two creatures uh, if you look for them enough. And there are similarities between the work that a good Christian would do in America or in. Wherever, Johannesburg, and the work that a good Christian would do in uh, Tiani, where Brother Paul is planting another church right now. So there's similarities there, but then there's differences as well. Both are true. And the differences have, have been to us the, the, the final way you tell which is greater, differences or similarities, is the market. Look at the market. The market is the collection of millions and millions and billions of people making decisions constantly. And people are moving out of the rural areas, not into. And no people that I know, whose first language is English, who do not speak by their mother tongue, uh, Bantu language or the language family that we're in, uh, move back to the villages because they find it too difficult. And this is a matter for another discussion. But just briefly I'll introduce the the metaphor, and you can decide if you want to pursue it later. But there's there's a concept called the cultural elasticity. Whereby whatever culture you begin in, based on your culture and based on your personality, your God-given unchangeable personality and your sex, your God-given unchangeable sex and your personality, and then then the changeable elements of culture, you have a kind of stretchability. You can stretch to a certain point, but no farther. And if you get stretched past that point, you'll be like Dorothy Carey and you'll go insane. Dorothy Carey was the wife of William Carey, the first wife of that great man. And she sadly um, fell into dark despair and into insanity and died in despair in India as William Carey's wife. And I think the way to explain that is she was stretched to the breaking point. William Carey's son, Felix, also went there too, when after he had gone through many hardships, and then When coming back from Burma with the first translation of the Burmese Bible and his new wife and his child, their boat capsized and the wife and child died in front of his eyes. He was in the water and he could not hold them up any longer. He lost the Bible and his wife and his child and he was never the same after that. And I've wondered so often, what did the Lord think of Felix? And why did he put that pressure on him? But one thing is hard for me to get around that Felix could not take anymore. He was different from there on after. And though he'd been a missionary for many years, he, he stopped being a missionary. And we just thank the Lord that apparently he maintained his Christianity at the end of his life, and he died shortly after. Um, but it, it, it overwhelmed him. It was too much for him. And that can happen because we can only stretch so far. We are very, very weak people. And life is very, very hard. So, when you think about being a missionary, and when you say, "How could I do it? Why would I know?" Know yourself, and don't lie to yourself. You are not as strong as you think you are. But then maybe there's another kind of p- person that is is stronger than and, and and they could do something, but they're they're patting themselves and and pampering themselves. So, so you have to know that. Are you are you making life easy so that you don't have to? deny yourself? Or are you leaping out where really you're just going to give up and be the man in Luke 14 who couldn't finish his tower and then everyone laughs at you? Uh, or are you John Mark where you say, yeah, I can do it, I can do it, oh, let me quit? Or are you the kind of guy who says, oh, here my Lord, send my sister? Yeah, that's helpful. And uh, how does someone, what sort
0: of questions should someone be asking their church community or their elders to discern what kind of person they are
1: elders and pastors should be asking the people that's the biblical model paul called timothy and said i want you to go there acts 13 has the elders sending out the missionaries they're setting them apart paul tells titus go find good men not sit back and see if they jump in the boat I don't have a problem if you are a godly man who says, wow, let me go talk to my pastor and say, I'd be willing. Do it! Do it! But we, we should not only rest on that. In the New Testament pattern, there's a lot of good godly men saying, I've been watching you, and you are an elbow. Could you please come do the elbow's work now? So I think, I, I think pastors need to play a larger role in that. And, and men as well, and women, they need to, they need to evaluate themselves. So, I don't know if I answered your question. I think I've forgotten even your question. <laughs> did, I, <laughs> did I completely dodge your question?
0: Well, no, you, you answered an, uh, and you opened another line of conversation. The role of the local church pastor in missions is exactly. an important discussion. Exactly. Well. But if, if this burden has been on someone's heart, but they don't know their point of elasticity and plasticity, what sort of questions do they ask to at least yeah, yeah, arrive yeah. at a closer okay. Oh, okay, understanding? Great, great,
1: great. Um, all of these... Not, not, on many of the topics that I've talked with you about in the last few moments, um, I, I've written at length on these. So I'm, I'm I'm tossing things out, and we can go into more distinctions, and I can make lists, etc. But just quickly on this one, how would a man discover this kind of thing? Well, first thing, do you like language? Language is a key part of this. Do you like language? Are you good at language? Do you have any skill or proficiency in language? If you're, if language is difficult for you, then that's going to reduce ministry capabilities in the most needed positions there's still many places you can serve the lord but the most needed are going to be reduced secondly and well let me make another comment on missions i think people on language people can do more in language than they realize but as americans which maybe that's the audience that i'm speaking to i don't know who i'm talking to if if there are americans listening and you're you're accustomed to basically speaking one language you've you've heard the old joke what do you call someone who speaks three languages, trilingual, two languages, bilingual, one language, is an American. So if you only speak one language, then learning a language seems like an impossible and overwhelming task. It's not. And you need to raise your kids to be multilingual because it makes them stronger and better. It opens doors for them. And it makes them more logical. Um, learning languages, especially um, languages that have important literary connections, like English um, or Greek or Latin, um, that, that only makes the education of your children and their logic firmer and stronger, but work on language. And you may, not, you may not know if you're good at language because you haven't really been tested. So with a good attitude, try to learn a language or try to pick up a few words. And then along that, which is uh, get a little, use it a lot. Get a few phrases and use it a lot and see if you find yourself Pleased. See if you find yourself interested to pick up another phrase. If you struggle, if you get a few phrases, and then getting more phrases is uncomfortable, unpleasing, a chore, you find yourself forgetting it. It's going to be very, very difficult for you to to move to Russia. So, but for me, I, I found myself fascinated by language and, and interest. I'm not saying I'm good. I'm saying I like it. Liking it and being good at it it's the same thing.
0: <laughs> Thank you, brother. And that's a very practical, hands-on way uh, to decipher what someone is capable of. And I'm, I'm saying that because as I try to pick up the language, I'm finding things that I'm enjoying and things that I'm not enjoying. So it's even helpful for me. What a treat, Mfundisi. To our audience, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please... Be sure to rate it and subscribe to keep posted with more upcoming content. Feel free to share this episode with someone who might find it interesting and submit any questions you may want answered on a future podcast. You can email those questions to paulschlelein at gmail.com. You can also visit between2cultures.com for other resources like this. I'm your host, Yamikani Katunga, and until next time, that's it from Missionary Minds.